0: Welcome everybody to Dead Talk Live and today we have a very special guest at a very special time on our show. We've got writer, director, producer Peter Dukes. Peter, how you doing man?
1: I'm good, thanks for having
0: me. Uh, It is our absolute pleasure. Thank you for taking time out of your busy day to uh, talk to us. And you know what? Let's start with uh, Escape Room. We have limited time and uh, there are some very specific questions that I want to ask you about Escape Room. The most prevalent question, and this came up when I saw the movie several years ago, is around the same time, there are three different movies with the same title. So when you <laughs> meet someone and you're like, yeah, I wrote and directed Escape Room, do you have to go a step further in explaining which one is yours?
1: It's happened. It, and more people than you'd think mistake it for the Sony version, mm-hmm. which I'd love. You know, but yeah. uh, no, no. Uh, yeah, I, I wrote that spec um, um, in 2016, I believe, early 2016. And at the time, at least, we were the only project going with that name and with that concept. But I knew it wouldn't be long. So I really wanted to get a jump start on it. So everything with that project moved really, really fast. At times faster than I would have liked. But it it, it, it moved fast. And it was during production slash production that i caught wind of the sony version that was coming together and then of the other escape room which was another indie film um i don't remember who directed it but same title same overall concept uh and it kind of became an informal race as to who was to come out first sony wasn't worried about us but Mm -hmm. certainly the other independent film we were trying to get out first and um and we beat them internationally but they opened domestically before us so it led to some confusion there were times where they would do a review on my film or on the other person's film but they would swap the cast yeah yeah you you know or things like that And i was just like oh man i knew it was going to happen but you know it just happens and and with escape rooms at the time they were really popular so i wasn't surprised i kind of
0: figured something like that might happen and it did and you roll with it you know what are you going to do exactly you go with it and to give you credit. On IMDb, at least, your escape room is listed as number one as in regard to the titling. So let's talk a little bit about escape rooms. Before I actually watched your film, I didn't know that such uh, places existed uh, where people get locked into a room and they're locked away with puzzle pieces and they have 55 minutes to an hour to find their way out. And I could see the the intrigue in it. It's fun Uh, and you can design it for people who like to be scared. You can design it for wannabe Sherlock Holmes people out there. Uh, How prevalent were you? I mean, how familiar were you with escape rooms when it came down to writing the script for your version?
1: Familiar enough. I'd been to a few. And as you said, there's a variety of types. The type, obviously, was the most interested in was horror-centric rooms, um, which at the time were still fairly new, but they were they were just starting to blow up, so you were finding all sorts of different kinds based on certain movies, based on certain genres, and so on and so forth. And sometimes it's an hour, sometimes – I mean, they can come up with whatever, whatever yeah. time limit they want. And um, some of them were fairly simple in the beginning, and they became very innovative. They became pretty technical, and uh, they evolved, you know – um, but, uh, uh, for my particular story, um, I wanted to write something that would, um, tap into that kind of energy and that popularity, something that I could sell easily at the time I was looking for a spec that would sell really quick.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, uh, so I designed that project, half artistic, half business to get a film made, you know, it's hard to get a movie made. Oh, yeah. And so I, I designed that project to be something that was budget friendly Um, simple hook, strong hook, um, you know, easy to produce and all these kind of things. And it turned out to be the case. I got a yes almost right away and they had the money for it within like 48 hours, which is to me, at least sort of unheard
0: of. Yeah. Yeah. Trust me. It is.
1: And, um, and uh, it came together very fast. And and, and we went from there. And and we were pretty strapped for cast. So our escape room in the movie is fairly simple compared to what you would experience now. Mm -hmm. Um, But it it did the trick, you know, it it was just more about atmosphere than anything else. And, um, you know, we we, we pumped it out. and, And for such a small film, it really was a pretty small film. Um, It did really well. I mean, it it sold worldwide. It had theatrical releases, which kind of blew my mind. I didn't really picture it as a theatrical release (laughs) level movie, but internationally it had several theatrical releases and opened up in the US on Redbacks and did really well for a movie of its scale, I thought. So, I mean, you know, it it was a learning experience in some ways and was a blast in other ways. You know, at the time I'd done a whole slew of short films but that was my first feature. Okay. So it was a, a different animal for me. So it, you know, it was it was just
0: overall the experience was was um rewarding in a, in, a, in a number of ways. What I really love besides the story in the movie is that you brought back some familiar faces. Sean yeah. Young, uh, you know, Skeet Ulrich, Billy from Scream. Uh, did you have them in mind when you were writing their characters? How hard was them to get them on board to do uh, your escape room?
1: I didn't have them in mind when I wrote the the script because I wasn't exactly sure how far I could take this. I knew I was aiming for it to be a sub-million dollar type of film, like a real true indie. Yeah. Um, um, But I I, I didn't know know exactly what our scale would be. We got pretty lucky with, with Skeet Ulrich. Um, you know, I wasn't involved in the discussions to bring him out, but he was one of only a handful of names. I think pretty much got the first names they asked for. They did talk to a couple of other people and, uh, you know, it didn't work out for scheduling conflict reasons or whatever, whatever the reasons might've been, but he was available. He was interested. And, um, I had never met him before. Um, I had enjoyed his work, of Mm -hmm. course, but I met him and was Instantly impressed. He's just a really good guy, a professional, never blew a line, knew his blocking, studied the script, asked good questions, asked tough questions, which I appreciated as a director. I mean, he did his homework. Mm-hmm. You know, that's all you can ask for. Um, uh, Sean Young was among a few names that they considered, um, and she was very open to doing it as well. I had, you know, a phone call with her over the phone. She was into it. We flew her out for you know, just a day or two to do her part. And and that was it. And they rolled with it really well, because, you know, it was a crazy production, very fast. It's the kind of production where I'd love to have had time to get more coverage or to get 1015 takes, all these kind of things, right? It was very often kind of like my short films, like, hey, we got time for three or four takes, sometimes two takes, and then we got to keep moving. Yeah. So, you know, uh, they rolled with that very well, uh, and, um, and, and moved and kept up with the pace for the rest of us and, and, um, and, and gave us some good performances. You know, I, I, am still waiting for that opportunity to shoot a film that I have longer than like 10 or 11 days to do. Um, but, but you work with what you have, that's exactly that's, that's the life of a filmmaker, you know, at least for me. So. Um, no, it, it was a pleasure working with him, and I was particularly impressed with Skeet. He was he was a true professional.
0: I tell you what, his character, I you know what the way you're describing him, he was amazing in the film. The way he portrayed uh, his character, a guy who's in financial trouble. This is his business. The moral dilemma that he's faced when the camera goes down, the liability he could face. I mean, I can I've never talked to him but the way you're describing him is the way that we saw him portray his character, which his character's name is Blair, right? In the movie. Um, Or Blaine. What is it? Blair or Blaine? I forgot, but he played his character perfectly.
1: It was Bryce.
0: Bryce. There you go.
1: And he did, um, you know, again, he doesn't, he didn't have to do the movie, you know, he's a working guy. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, uh he agreed for whatever reason you know i'm sure he liked the script and uh i'm a perfectionist you know i wrote it and directed it and i i still like the script better than i like my end result my end result but you do the best you can but yeah. but he responded to something in the material and something in the project and and he came on board which which we appreciated you're not always gonna gonna get that and he could have come in and taken a paycheck and uh just kind of dribbled off his lines and went home and you still have his name on the poster and it still does its job like you know i don't get sales agents and all that kind of stuff but no he came in he worked hard i mean he really did study the script and all those kind of things and i mean what can you do but appreciate then
0: yeah exactly let's talk about the uh the box the demonic box the movie starts off uh somewhere in the middle east burying the box the box ends up somewhere in america in an antique shop run by sean young uh was that always in your uh mind when you were writing the script did you play with different ideas am i going to use a demon am i going to use a serial killer which you sort of blended to two but anyway yeah. how did you come about that demon trapped the, in a box
1: my original spec um did involve a MacGuffin, like a little skull box but it was it was uh It was much more streamlined. My original spec opens with the kids, the teenagers, um, in the waiting room of the escape room attraction. And the movie ends with, well, I won't spoil it, it ends uh, sooner than the movie ends. Those were added on scenes. uh, You know, uh, you get producers who have ideas and different notes and they throw up the notes and you work together to come up with something that everyone's hopefully happy with and and, and you uh, throw it on. So that entire opening um didn't come into existence until after we were done shooting the main film
0: now looking back on that opening do you uh have any regrets like did this really need to be in there i think it's it, it I, I think it does but the, as you said you're a perfectionist looking back on the final product you're like you know maybe this movie could have done without this opening scene
1: you know i think uh, the opening scene was okay i could have done without some other scenes that were put in Um, I'm being fairly candid, but it's been long enough now. (laughs) (laughs) There's, um, there's certainly some scenes I I think were fairly redundant and, you know, I'm, I was a first time feature director, so I only have so much leverage. So, you know, we had some talks with the producers and I won some battles and I lost some battles and that's just kind of how the process goes sometimes. So, you know, overall I've always been very happy with the film, but is there a part of me that you know, would I change some things? Probably. Yeah. But probably most filmmakers film that about, uh, feel that way about many of their films. If they could go yeah. back, they tweak some things here and there. Yeah.
0: You yeah. know, what are you going to do? That's just the way it is. Now, the way the demon is uh, portrayed after they open the box. Uh, you know, he steals the box. Well, doesn't steal, he leaves money. Sean Young's character warns him there's evil inside. He's like, yeah, whatever. This is going to help bring my escape room back to number one. He was just like almost drawn to it. The box is placed in the room. It's opened up. The demon escapes. And then we get to meet meet Stitchface, which is the name that is given to the actor who is in the room with the participants, who is just an actor as, a, as in any haunted attraction. But he becomes possessed by that dark demon and then i gotta tell you peter from that point on uh the actor who portrayed stitchface i mean talk about some creepy ass shit uh he was just creepy the way he was toying with them uh i, I mean this was a demon a pure evil force in every sense of the word were you satisfied with how that came out
1: Yeah, by and large. Yeah. And uh, and uh, all credit goes to Taylor, who he was the actor who played the guy because he's coming in there all day with us, you know, and we built the escape room on a stage and he's in there all day wearing this uncomfortable burlap sack style mask. Half the time he's got blood on him or he's lost an eye. and He's got to take away his vision like he's going through all this physical stuff and you only see his face in a wide shot for about 45 seconds before they go into the room. And well, he's other taking
0: na- a smoke break,
1: he's taking a smoke break. So, I mean, and for an actor that, you know, I give him credit for that. You know what I mean? It's fun to play stitch face, but it's not like he really, you know, got to breathe freely like all the other actors in the room. Physically, I'm sure it was quite demanding on him and, and he never, never complained. I'm trying to think if he ever even said a word about it. I don't think he did. Um, you know, because it would get smoky in there. It could get hot in there, and the hours are long and all that kind of stuff. But uh, me and him discussed how we wanted that character to be, and I knew there wouldn't be any talking. So it was all body language, mm-hmm. things like that. And so we had discussions about um, some the way we wanted to do that. It was, in some respects, going to be a very, in most respects, really going to be a very low-key performance, very restrained, and very uh, subtle. It wasn't going to be too over that, the top. Not too over the top by design, and um, and there were discussions to have that happen, but I, I didn't really want it to be that way. I wanted it to be sort of a Michael Myers, um, you know, but but with a little more gamesmanship. Mm-hmm. You know, he wanted to, he was playing games with them. Oh, yeah. he was talking about. But them. Other than that he was very unemotional and um and very patient and and um didn't say a word, all those kind of things. You know, so that was a lot of fun to play with and and it's funny the you can tell it's a small room in the movie, but I don't think you really think about it a lot, but when we first built the room, it was it turned out to be much smaller than we anticipated. Mm. Um, just based on the parameters of the stage we were working on and the time we had to build it, and so on and so forth, so I was like, "Oh man, like this is a re- <laughs> this is a really small room," because I have to dole it out with the, you know, uh, the unspooling chain. Yeah. Uh, so uh, you know, I, we it, like anything else, you work with it, you cover it up, and I don't think anyone even notices. Mm-hmm. But it, it was a very small room, so body language had to be paramount. It was a strong part of the dynamic, and I, I think uh, Taylor did a great job with it.
0: Uh, he did he did he played that part perfectly no dialogue just his body actions he was toying with them with the coins uh just to give you one example uh do you think it was the demon's intention to let that last girl go or did he just do do you think the demon wanted to kill her as well because he gave her the coins or was that just the demon just screwing with her or what
1: Um, I I I have my own reasons and I'm sure I I like the fact that people could take something different out of it for me Personally, I don't think he planned for her to get out of the room. I think he enjoyed giving her hope uh, and letting it dangle yeah, because it was the kind of spirit that feeds off of fear and feeds off of that just thick uh, dark energy and um, and uh, You know, so I think the more fear he evoked uh, uh the stronger he got, and the more powerful he felt and so on and so forth i don't think he planned for her to get away yeah. um but you know there was talk of there being a sequel i don't see it happening but certainly i think he would be looking to correct that that mistake yeah. at some point in the future uh
0: another aspect that is i love before everything came to a head in that room and it was revealed that they're in trouble were between the two guys and the horror references that they were throwing back and forth watching this film uh you can tell that the person who wrote and directed this film is a true true horror fan okay with writing that dialogue uh down to the reference to halloween five when michael myers shed a tear when i i i re it again a couple of days ago and uh that dialogue when he says michael myers cried in part five and the other guy's like no he didn't i'm like yeah he did he did he was and (laughs) i just love that dialogue back and forth uh is that something that you insisted be in the script
1: Uh, i didn't really have to insist that was there from the get-go and of the variety of changes that were kind of flying at me that was never really one that was on the table um so that one kind of stuck um uh, stuck around um uh, ninety percent of what's in there was was written, but we did eventually free up to ad lib quite a bit. My original script um, had one profanity in it, mm-hmm. just one. Um, and as the actors were trying to be terrified of what was transpiring in there, they really had a hard time keeping it realistic. They're like, "You got to let us loose here a little bit," and mm-hmm. I said, "Okay." Go ahead. So uh, they started to ad lib and I I let them run with it. And that's where all of a sudden there's profanity (laughs) everywhere in the movie. Um, But, um, uh, you know, uh, but, you know, they were a great bunch and they enjoy movies and horror movies and the characters enjoy horror movies. And a lot of people in the horror community like to chat about horror movies. Right. It's like that's part of the community. So it was always part of the DNA of the the script to make it at least partially self-aware of what it is and to embrace it
0: you can't uh avoid missing the irony in having two guys throwing horror references back and forth and then having skeet in the movie who played billy in the oh, yeah. scream and all, we all know about the horror references in the in the, in the, in the yeah. 1996 version of scream so you can't miss that you know coincidence yeah. whatever uh yeah. right there in the movie uh now we only have a little bit of time left you created a short a uh, couple of years back called They Watch. Now that is being, that is currently in post-production. Uh, you explain to us uh, your role in the feature that's yet to come out. Are you directing, writing? What was your role in They Watch?
1: They Watch came from a short film, as you noted, and I have several features in development that came from my short films. Because there was a lot of kernels there that I wanted to expand upon and have fun with. And they Watch* was one I felt had some had some potential. And so I tried to get that one sold for a couple of years and finally uh, fell into the hands of these guys over a company called Everything's Fire. They're based out of Pennsylvania. Solid guys, authentic guys, passionate about film, passionate about horror. And, um, you know, I knew it would be a small production. Um, you know, not super small, but small enough if it went through them, but I really liked what they were bringing to the table. So I, I, I kind of, you know, went on a leap of faith and let the project go with them as the writer. It was, it was a speck of mine is all it was. Okay. Um, and then it took about a year and a half for that production to come to fruition. And I eventually became an executive producer on the film as well. And yeah, they just finished uh photography, what, two weeks ago. And uh, they're into post-production now. And I think, you know, they're moving along pretty quickly. I I don't know if it'll be released by year's end, but I believe it will be completed by year's end. And that's got a great cast, too. And, and, um, you know, being on a film set is hard. Uh, It's kind of like going to war sometimes. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's a blast. Sometimes it's just tough. Yeah. This was one of those productions where everyone really was on a team together, which was nice to see. Uh, The chemistry was great, you know, even though the hours were long in a script like this, there's a lot of, you know, night shoots. I have to apologize to the actors. There's a lot of night shoots and it kind of screws them up. But but everyone got along great. The cast and crew became kind of like a family. And that's that's always nice to see. So I have I hopes um, for how this thing turns
0: out. Did you uh, did you guys have a bigger budget for They Watch as opposed to uh, Escape Room? smaller smaller okay
1: but but these the the original aims were to go higher Um, but for a variety of reasons on the producers part they needed to move production up they kind of had to
0: Okay,
1: and do that you know when you limit your time to find financiers you know realistically you got to limit what the budgets gonna be if you want more money it's gonna take more time so they ended up going with a smaller budget but because they 're based in Pennsylvania, um, they got all sorts of things uh, reduced or even for free that you could just never get in los angeles okay so despite the limitations um, you know they did a really great job you know 'll ne- i 'll put it to you this way you 'll never know you 'll never know that it's, a, it's it was shot for as little as it probably was shot for
0: <laughs> that 's great i love i you know those who people who watch me they know that I love paranormal uh horror subgenre uh I in you know escape room because of the demon element it does fall a little bit under the paranormal uh you have a demon that escapes it possesses a person that person starts butchering people so for me it's much more of a paranormal film as opposed to a slasher flick do you feel yeah. the same way Yeah absolutely Now they watch is another paranormal film as a filmmaker, or, you know, not even as a filmmaker, as a horror fan, uh, do you have a greater appreciation for the paranormal slash supernatural subgenre?
1: Um, you know, I, to date I haven't really ever done a true slasher. Um, my The horror films I've gotten made at least, I have plenty that uh, are not yet produced that run the gamut. Uh, I just love a good story and that can be in and out of horror and it can be a variety of genres, you know, within horror. Um, But a lot of my projects and they watch would be one of them where it's, you know, more a family drama mystery with a strong horror backdrop than an out and out horror picture. And I do have a soft spot for the paranormal creatures and entities and all sorts of fun stuff like that. I've always loved that. So that that's commonly been in my projects and it'll be and they watch too <laughs> it's definitely there as well um you know so uh, uh um I don't um have a a particular love or dislike for the slasher film if I were to find the right story to tell a a, a slasher film in a new way um that's fun and kind of turns the subgenre on its head I absolutely would jump on that
0: it's so hard uh because <laughs> it was all the rage back in the late 70s and the 80s and it's just so hard to come up with something unique nowadays, as opposed to other, you know, subgenres in the horror realm that are popping up left and right. The big thing, the big wave right now is these uh, psychological horror thrillers, which I love as well. Sure. I love, I, you know, I tell everybody guts, gore, blood, doesn't impress me when it comes to a movie. I mean, yeah, they're kind of fun to watch, whether it's a zombie movie or a slasher flick. Yeah. You know, everyone can enjoy a nice zombie kill, you know, but uh, when it comes to a deep dive on characters and storytelling and good acting, that's where filmmakers show their metal. And, uh, and I definitely like that. Now, now that, you know, you mentioned Escape Room was your first feature director director debut. Uh, how did it feel like being behind the camera as a director? Is it something you want to do more of? You are an executive producer and they watch. Do you enjoy that? Moving forward, I know you want to have your hands in everything and do a little bit of everything. But having had a taste now of different seats behind the camera... Which one fascinates you the most right now? It tends to
1: change over the years. Due to how I started getting into filmmaking and happened to do a lot of it myself, I was always writing, directing, producing, sometimes editing, catering. (laughs) I was doing everything, right? So from the very get-go, I had my trifecta. I was always writing, directing, producing, and I enjoyed all of them. They all have their different challenges. Um, I would say, uh, you know... I always have really enjoyed writing writing is just me in a room creating whatever world i want and and it's it's hard to top that uh i i get tremendous satisfaction from directing uh, but directing is easily the most stressful of all of them yeah it's hard
0: yeah
1: it's a tough deal there have been times although not often where i'm sitting on set on any one of a number of films i've directed and gone I should have just gone and been a farmer. Like, why am I doing this to myself? Like, <laughs> this is so like, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to have like a heart attack here. Know. You know, it can be trial by fire. And I think if you can't maintain a cool head in that, you just won't last very long. And, and by and large, I can do it, but there are times where it's just, it's very stressful. Yeah. Um, producing. I, I get satisfaction out of also, because it is helpful to have some creative say in the project going out. Cause I've been involved in projects where other people have, the executive power to, to make decisions and we can butt heads. Like if you don't have a singular vision on what that film's gonna be, it can become a pretty muddied yeah. project. I've been down that road, you know, it's not fun. So being a producer gives you the leverage to say this is the vision. This is, you know, let's all get on the same page and, and let's bring this baby to life. Yeah. So it's fulfilling, but I can't say I get a tremendous amount of joy or artistic satisfaction out of it. So, you know, each one has its advantages and has its things that I enjoy, but certainly I would say writing, directing, and producing in that order.
0: Now, how is it uh, as a writer passing off the directing job to someone else? Now, with Escape Room, you wrote it, you directed it, you had full control. Uh, Being a perfectionist, which you said earlier on in this interview, is it hard for you to pass off your script and put it into the hands of another director
1: it can be because more more often than not at least in the situations i've been in it's not like i get to hand pick the director yeah sometimes they pick a director where you'll be like that's a great choice and other times you're like i'm not sure i get it (laughs) nothing against them they've done great work but i'm not sure i see it for this project and um if they come in with a different vision than you um you know movies are different than stage plays And, and, and on the stage the script is like the Bible, yeah. In film, a script can be—I mean—they'll turn the whole thing inside out. They don't care. So there's times where someone can come in and make a lot of changes to you, to the heart and soul of the story you were trying to tell, and that's happened to me also. And sometimes they make a perfectly fine movie, but you're like, it's not really the story I wanted to tell. Mm-hmm. You know, um, is it easy? No. no.
0: Um,
1: but is it the end of the world? Not necessarily. I mean, it, this is film and it's it's so hard to get a film made that it's, there is satisfaction in seeing, you know, the DNA of your story come to life.
0: Exactly. You know,
1: so, you know, it's just it's you kind of you kind of have to roll with that. I and mean, there's a lot of crazy things that happen in the film world that um, at least have happened to me over the years that, you know, you know, just you ha- you have to roll with it. I think I'd be more bothered if it happened to be a passion project of mine like a true passion project of mine. And none of my features to date have been passion projects. Okay. They're projects I care deeply about, but it isn't something where it's like, this has to be page by page. I need to get the perfect collaborators. Like this means the world to me. Okay. Um, you know, they watch means a lot to me. Portal was fun. Escape room was fun, but none of them have been deeply passionate projects to me. So if something happens where changes come in, that aren't Necessarily what I would have done is not the end of the world. It's okay. Okay,
0: okay. we're out of time. I just want uh, one last question. They watch, do you know if it's going to be a theatrical release or if it's going to be a video-on-demand release whenever that time comes? Uh,
1: not yet. I know that there's a lot of sales agents who've been reaching out about it already. Uh, I, so I think the, um, the producing team in Pennsylvania uh, will have – a lot of options to choose from. I would be surprised if it goes theatrical, but I, I won't say no. Never say never.
0: Well you didn't you never know. You didn't expect you didn't expect it with escape room and that had a little bit of theatrical release. Well so. exactly. You never sure. know. Anyway, never Peter, know. uh thank you so much for taking the time you did to talk to us. It's been an absolute uh pleasure. And hopefully we can get you back once they watch does come out and we could talk some more about that when you have some more free time. Uh, Again, thank you. This has been a fascinating half hour. Good luck on all your projects moving forward. I loved Escape Room. Between you and me and the rest of the world watching, out of the three titles named Escape Room, I liked yours the best. (laughs) <laughs> so st- i appreciate that
1: thank st- you for having me it was a blast i'd love to come back
0: absolutely it was a blast for us and our viewers as well stay safe guys thank you for tuning in on behalf of peter dukes and myself and myself stay safe and stay walking have a great weekend bye-bye everybody